In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Father Jason today. And Father Jason's going to be sharing with us. Thank you, Father Tom. It's an honor to be here. Uh, last week, I was reading a gospel passage from the Gospel of St. Matthew, and I had some thoughts that came to me that I want to share uh, with your audience here on the radio. But first, I want to read this gospel passage. It's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So when I was praying about this Gospel passage, I thought about the, the two women in this Gospel. You have the mother and her daughter, and they're broken. And as I thought about their brokenness, I thought about a lesson that was taught to me years ago by a deacon named Deacon Bill Kane. And I want to tell you a little bit about Deacon Bill Kane because that really impacted me so much and also in how I preached about this message from the gospel. So Deacon Kane was a veteran of the Vietnam War. And I didn't know that at the time, but when I first met him, I would hear him preaching in the church and he seemed so authentic. He seemed like he, he believed everything he was talking about and his preaching was well prepared. And he just seemed like someone that I had to listen to. And the more I would hear him preach, the more I would want to get to know him. So I started to get to know him, and I found out that he was a veteran of the Vietnam War. And he went to Vietnam as a young man. And uh, you can imagine that you go to war when you're young. You're at an age when you're trying to figure out your place in life and trying to figure out what life is all about. And all of a sudden, you're facing the horror of war. And you can imagine that that's very traumatic. Deacon Kane was uh, badly injured in the Vietnam War, and uh, he ended up spending about a year in recovery in the hospital, uh, first in Japan and later in the United States. And he was awarded the Purple Heart and something called the Soldier's Medal for Heroism. Now, war is something that you cannot understand its impact on someone unless you've been there yourself. I have a friend who's a high school classmate who told me, that he can tell who's been to war by the look in their eyes. And my friend was a veteran of uh, wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and, and he said there's something that happens to you when you face war. I also remember my two great uncles who were in World War II. Toward the end of their life, both of them spoke about their experiences in the war, and they spoke about it as if it was yesterday. It was like just the other day that they were facing the horrors of their war experience. War does something 
to the human heart. And I can imagine for Bill Kane that his experience in the Vietnam War probably broke his heart, probably made him see another side of life that nobody wants to see. And it probably caused a kind of trauma for him. Now, years later, uh, Deacon Kane became obviously a deacon in the church, I think in the year 1990. I met him in a church around the year 1996 or 1997. And as I told you, his preaching was so inspiring. I still remember uh, to this day, 25 years later, some of his homilies. And very good man, very good and honorable man and good preacher. Now, I became aware of his experience in the war, but I feel that his greatest trauma came to him uh, when he was home. Even after he was a deacon, he had a tragedy in his family. His uh, son, Matthew, who was, I think, 19 years old, uh, died in a car accident not too far from home, and it was very tragic and horrific. And and um, at the time, I didn't know Deacon Bill Kane too well, but I said to myself, I got to go to this funeral. And I don't know why I felt compelled to go, but I went. And it was the first time I was in a church that was completely packed. I remember who I sat next to at the funeral, and it was so packed with people that they had to give special instructions on how to receive communion because the movement of the people would be so difficult. Deacon Kane, at this funeral for his son Matthew, gave the eulogy. And I remember him saying that he was no longer afraid of death. And he said, because I know when I die, I'm going to see my son Matthew again. And I felt like in the midst of his own broken heart and sorrow and pain and anguish, Deacon Kane was trying to help the people, trying to give some small message of the gospel uh, to the people. And anyway, um, time goes on, and I had just entered the seminary, and I'm now getting close to my ordination to the diaconate, which was in January of 2004. And, and uh, Deacon Kane was the kind of man who, he didn't really talk to me a lot. But whenever he wanted to teach me something very important, uh, he, would, he would make sure I got it. And that's why I remember the lessons he taught me to this day. So shortly before my ordination, before the time when I would begin preaching to the people, it was one day after Mass, and he kind of pulled me aside, and, and he said, Jason, when you preach, I want you to remember that in every congregation of people that you preach to, whether it's at a Mass on a Sunday, whether it's at a funeral or wedding Mass, or whether you're at saying Mass in a nursing home or a prison, or wherever you are preaching the Gospel, you have to remember there is at least one person in front of you that you're preaching to that has a broken heart. You have to remember everywhere you preach, there is one person out there who has a broken heart. And you know, someone whose life has been broken by circumstances in their own life's journey, whether it was their heart was broken by what others did to them, either through negligence or through malice. Perhaps their heart were broken by circumstances that they couldn't control and that there was no one to blame. Maybe their heart was broken by their own bad decisions in their own personal life. Whatever it is, Deacon Cain told me, when you preach, you have to preach in such a way that can somehow help that broken heart. You need to find a way to bring a little bit of healing to them. I'll never forget this lesson of Deacon Cain, and I've thought about it a lot. You know, we preachers, there could be a broken heart in front of us, and if we're not careful, we could preach in such a negative way 
that doesn't bring healing and actually brings more hurt. And I try to think about the fact that there's a broken heart in front of us and we have to find some way to heal them. Now, there's a lot of places in the Bible where it says God heals the broken hearted. You can read a lot about that in the Psalms. There's also that passage in the Gospel when Jesus is reading from the scroll about the prophet Isaiah and he says that he has come to to free the oppressed, to preach good news to the poor. And that's kind of like healing the brokenhearted, because when your heart is broken, it's like you're interiorly oppressed. You carry that broken heart with you all the time. So I know that the Spirit of Christ heals the brokenhearted, but when Deacon Cain told me that, that we have to heal the brokenhearted, it meant a lot to me. Knowing his life story, knowing Deacon Cain's own broken heart experience from the war, from the tragic death of his son Matthew, and from whatever else difficulty he experienced in his life's journey, it made this, this notion that God, the gospel heals the brokenhearted mean so much more to me. Deacon Cain could have said, no, people have broken hearts, they'll never be healed. But he didn't say that, he said the opposite. He believed in the midst of his own broken heart that Jesus Christ heals the brokenhearted. Now, in the gospel passage I read to you just now, we have these two women, and I believe that they are two broken hearts. You've got the mother who has a broken heart because her child is suffering. And you know, for every parent, when, when your child suffers, a part of your heart breaks. Maybe your whole heart has all these like microscopic fractures in it because you can't heal them. You want to stop their suffering and you don't know how to do it. You try your best, but it's like your heart breaks every time your child suffers. Well, that mother is going through this heartbreak right now. And then we have the daughter, and it says that she's tormented by a demon. Now, we don't know exactly what she was going through, but it probably wasn't pretty. It was probably a very difficult experience for her each day. And I think often about how Jesus says that we have to be like little children in order to get to heaven. And when you look at little children, they have a joy in life. They're happy to be alive. They look forward to life every day. But I sometimes think that the daughter in this gospel story probably started off with that joyful innocence of her youth. And somehow, because of the influence of evil, is now experiencing a life of anguish and misery. Her heart's broken too. We have two broken hearts here. And what happens? What happens is that the mother goes to Jesus Christ. And she goes to him, and the thing is, it looks like healing is not available for her. It's look, it looks like she's going to be dismissed and not even get through to Jesus. But he does heal her. The presence and words of Jesus Christ heal this mother and also heal the daughter at the same time. So I really feel that Christ comes to heal the brokenhearted. And he does that for these two women. And, and Deacon Cain believed that Jesus does this for everyone. And it's important for us to understand this truth. Because if you have a broken heart and... It doesn't really matter how your heart has been broken. You know you have it. You carry that brokenness with you everywhere you go. 
It might even be with you when you pray. And sometimes perhaps your prayer might be painful because of your broken heart. But we got to learn from this gospel passage. Jesus Christ heals the brokenhearted. That's why he came into this world. And Deacon Cain believed that Jesus heals the brokenhearted, so we have to also. So what can we learn from this? Well, we got to imitate this woman, this mother. You have a broken heart, you have to go to Jesus Christ. You have to go to him, which means you got to believe in him and you have to pray. And this also means that you have to repent of your own sins. You don't want to commit every sin in the book and then say, Lord, I need your help. You want to try your best to conform your life more and more each day to the gospel of Jesus. But you have to go to Jesus. You've got to have faith. You have to pray and ask for healing. And then you see in this woman, she has humility. It's like she's she's going to be dismissed. She's She's like uh, almost humiliated by the words that are spoken to her, even by Jesus, but she humbles herself. Now, I feel that when we go through a traumatic experience that can break our heart, we don't humble ourselves. In fact, sometimes we, we put ourselves above God. We might not say we do, but it's like in our hearts, we, we want to tell God, Lord, you're all powerful and you messed up here. You've allowed things to happen in my life's journey that are wrong, and you have failed. If we do that, it's like in our hearts we're putting ourselves above the Lord. We don't want to do that. This mother humbles herself, and she stays in that humility. So what we have to do is we have to trust in the Lord. You have a broken heart. I know it's painful. It's un probably unfair. It makes no sense to you. But you have to trust in the Lord. And that's how you have to approach him with that humility. That's what the woman does, and it worked for her. But then the other thing you got to do is you have to persevere in your prayer. This woman, if you look at this gospel passage, it looks like she's not going to get an answer. And sometimes we experience that, don't we? Sometimes we pray, and we feel like, the Lord hasn't heard me. Maybe he doesn't even know I'm here. But this woman stays in her prayer, and her humility. She perseveres in that. And she gets the healing from Jesus. So we have to do that too. Number one, go to Jesus with your broken heart. If you have to, acknowledge whatever sinfulness you have and repent of it. And you don't have to beat yourself up over your own sins. But you want to follow Christ. Be humble before Jesus. Trust in Him. And persevere in your prayer and in your faith. Like everyone else, I wish there were no broken hearts in this world, and I wish all broken hearts could be healed instantly. But it seems that in this fallen world, there are so many broken hearts on this earth for many, many reasons. That seems to be the way it is down here on earth. So we have to live with that. Now, Deacon Cain would tell us, you've got to go to Jesus Christ. You have to go to Him, and He'll heal your broken heart. And so, brothers and sisters, this gospel passage teaches us that Christ comes to heal the brokenhearted. And I believe that because it's what the Word of God teaches. But my friend Deacon Cain, he taught that so well in his preaching, but above all in his example. And so I wanted to share that reflection with you because if you have that broken heart, it can be healed. It can be. And that healing doesn't come from ourselves. 
And it doesn't really come fully from others, but it ultimately comes from the Lord Jesus. Tell us about your dream. So Deacon Cain uh, passed away in um, May of 2020. And um, I loved him so much. I really missed him so much. About a year after he died, I had this dream about him. And in the dream, I was... I was watching. I was in a. I was watching a parade go by, and there were thousands of people around me, and I was watching the parade. And this truck with a flatbed on the back drove by. It was what you call a float in the parade, and uh, Deacon Kane was on the float, and he was dressed in his uh, deacon vestments, and he was fully alive and happy, and I could totally see him. And as he goes by me in the dream, he looks right at me through all the crowd. And he points to me and he says, how are you doing? And that was the end of the dream. And I woke up thinking to myself that Deacon Cain is with me. And I have to remember the things he taught me. And um, I'm so grateful that I got to know him. The other thing about Deacon Cain that is really interesting, and people who knew him know this about him, after his son Matthew died, he uh, he got involved in... Um, he went to the Dominican Republic to um, start a mission in a poor place called Sevacos. And he learned Spanish, and he went to this place, and he was around all these very, very poor people. And he wrote a book about his experiences in this mission, which I believe is still continuing today out of some parishes based in Gloucester, Massachusetts. He wrote a book called I Am Who You Are. And it had to do with an encounter he had with a very poor boy. And um, the poor person asked Deacon Cain, who are you? And he replied, I am who you are. And I've thought about that too, because that's kind of another important lesson from him, that no matter what our accomplishments are, we're all equal, we're all poor, and we all need God's blessings. And uh, Deacon Cain had that spirit of recognizing how much we need God in our life how we all are needy, needy and poor, needy and poor. Psalm 40 tells us that we are needy and poor, but you don't even need Psalm 40. When you close the door in your room and you're alone, you realize I'm needy and I'm poor. And what do we do with that? We turn to the Lord Jesus because on the cross, he was needy and poor. And he understands what it means to be needy and poor. But he wants to take us out so that our poverty doesn't hurt us anymore. Our neediness doesn't hurt us anymore. But we use it to help other people who are needy and poor. And they're all around us. They're all around us. Once on a Wednesday night, I prayed with a woman, and the Lord told me she has a broken heart. So I prayed that her heart, which was broken, might be healed. Now, she didn't tell me this. The next week, she came again and said, I'm so thankful that you prayed for my broken heart. It really helped me. You see, these are the things 
that that help people when we're real. See, we've been on 39 years, and if I can say anything about these broadcasts, I've been real with people. I've let people know when I've been depressed, when I've been up on the mountain, when nothing was happening. They knew that what I was saying was real, and I didn't have to hide it. I used it to help people. So when I was feeling needy and poor, I would touch people who were needy and poor. I would say to them, today is the day that God wants to touch your neediness. Today is the day that God wants to touch your poverty. He's got something for you, and he wants you to know that. So if nothing else I've done in 39 years, I've been real. And that allows people to understand that we are all real, but do we show our reality, or do we hide it? Well, I'm not hiding it from anybody because it doesn't help. But I'm going to use it to bless people. I'm going to use it to bless you. I'm going to use it in the name of Jesus. And so one final thing, I the last time I saw Deacon Cain, I had done a funeral and he attended. He was in the back of the church and I saw him. I hadn't seen him for years. And he gave me a hug and I said, Deacon Kane, it's so good to see you and I'd, I'd love to talk with you. And I said to him, I've been through so many battles and I want to talk to you. And he looked at me and he said, he says, you know, Father Jason, there comes a point where the only thing we can do is turn to God. Those were his last words to me. Um, that was the last time I saw him. A uh, great man and real, real man who used his brokenness to heal probably thousands of other people. And uh, everyone who knew him to this day, they love him. They think so highly of him. And I'm very grateful that he was part of my life and he shared the reality of his experience in the light of the gospel of Christ. And that makes all the difference. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and He dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Go to Psalm 40 today and hear the word of the Lord. I waited and waited and waited for the Lord. And he came and stooped down and took me out of the mud hole. And he placed my feet upon a rock. Many will see and be glad. But he waited and waited. Don't waste your waiting. He is there with you. He is there for you. He is there in you. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.